Chimeric antigen receptor T-cell, or CAR-T, therapies have shown efficacy in patients with cancer who previously had few options. But both approved CAR-T therapies have boxed warnings regarding serious side effects, and they cost about $400,000. United Healthcare has requested that the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services perform a national coverage analysis of CAR-T therapy, and the agency will have to decide whether the treatments provide a net benefit for Medicare patients. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Peter Bach, Director of the Center for Health Policy and Outcomes at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. Dr. Bach has written a perspective article about potential approaches to paying for CAR-T therapies. Dr. Bach, can you tell us a bit about the request United Healthcare's made for a national coverage analysis of CAR-T therapy? Why did the company make that request, and what are the next steps for CMS? United Healthcare provides Medicare Advantage benefits, and they wrote to Medicare and they said, essentially, we need to know if the Medicare program expects us to cover these very expensive therapies or not, so that not only we know what to offer Medicare beneficiaries, but we know our competitors are doing the same to level the playing field, the words they used in their request, for competition in Medicare Advantage, first and foremost. Second of all, because these therapies cost a lot and have a lot of toxicity, United Healthcare is looking for guidance from the Medicare program whether or not the agency thinks of them as net beneficial or not. How often does CMS conduct these national coverage analyses and under what kinds of circumstances? There's actually quite a few different examples where CMS has started national coverage analyses where it's hard to see a pattern, but there's no question that over the last several years, where they'll do a dozen or fewer of these analyses in any particular calendar year, the frequency with which they are looking at expensive therapies and expensive technologies and then making coverage decisions that are narrow or tight has clearly increased. So I think it's an issue to watch. I think five or 10 years ago, had we had CAR-T therapies, Medicare would have been much more likely to just pay for them than to seriously scrutinize the data about them. And looking at that data, the two approved CAR-T therapies have been studied in small groups of patients, and they've produced complete responses in about 50% of them or fewer. How has CMS traditionally approached coverage decisions for medications that are approved on the basis of quite limited evidence? So the, the approvals of these drugs were unfortunately in trials that didn't include comparator arms. And in fact, even the endpoints of the two trials are not sufficiently similar enough to really compare one to the other, in my view. But the general mechanisms make the drugs similar. And the Medicare hasn't really waded into these waters very often. There is an argument that they're required by law to cover therapies like this for cancer, I think they would take issue with that argument. And the only similar scenario I can think about is a few years back, Medicare opened a national coverage analysis on the drug Provenge to see how it should cover it. It ultimately did cover it, but that was a drug that had three randomized trials already showing it had an overall survival benefit. So these are really untested waters. If the agency is going to look at these single arm trials that were small, that were presumably pretty selected populations, where there was a lot of toxicity and not a lot of long-term follow-up data and address this question, is this reasonable and necessary, their role? Is it net beneficial, their interpretation of that role for this population? In your article, you propose several payment approaches that CMS could take if it decides to cover CAR-T. 
Do you have any sense of how much those approaches could reasonably be expected to affect the cost of the therapy? The proposals I outlined, which are completely within the authority of Medicare, have a meaningful chance of affecting not only the price, but the future research trajectory for CAR-T. What I've proposed, I think makes a lot of sense, and I think it's in keeping with the kind of comparative effectiveness sorts of questions that many experts consider a fulcrum around which we can get cost savings. And the simple idea is Medicare should look at these two competing products with the same indication and ask themselves, are these things interchangeable, in which case use one of their tools to get them to compete on price, or are they not interchangeable, or do we not really know which is better, in which case they use a different tool to run the randomized control trial that would help us know which is better, or are they the same? And then I have a section in there where I talk about the concern or the possibility that either the toxicity or other costs associated with the therapies may vary, in which case Medicare, again, has tools to wrap in the costs of ancillary care that a therapy may require so that the companies would be competing with that incorporated into their price. Things like bundling and prospective payment are examples of that. But this is a basic set of questions that the agency can answer, has the authority to answer, and turns the onus of proof back on the manufacturer to do the studies that best illustrate how well their product works and how it works against its competitor. You were recently named chair of CMS's Medicare Evidence Development and Coverage Advisory Committee. What's your role going to be in helping CMS navigate decisions related to CAR-T? Right. So I was named that just a few months ago. It's a privilege to do it. But in this case, I recused myself immediately when this issue arose because in the last three years, I have taken both speaking fees from Novartis and Gilead, the manufacturers of these two products. And so I see no plausible situation in which I should be involved with this at all. I'm, of course, free to write about it, but I haven't communicated with the agency whatsoever about this decision and don't intend to. Finally, As we see more of these expensive and narrowly targeted drugs coming onto the market, do you think that CMS is going to reconsider its policy of not taking a treatment's cost into account when it's making coverage decisions? CMS can't, by law, consider costs uh, for nearly anything it covers. The only exception is preventive or screening services, where it can consider things like comparative cost-effectiveness. So we would need a change by Congress for them to directly consider the cost. There's a strong sentiment amongst experts, and one of the papers I cite in my perspective points to this, that CMS may not be taking price into consideration of ultimate coverage policy, but it is taking the high costs into consideration when it figures out what it should be looking at. And remember, this was triggered by United Healthcare's request. And United Healthcare's request was fundamentally about money. They want a level playing field, meaning they want to be able to compete on premiums, which means they're looking at CAR T as something that could drive their premiums. So it's about money. If CAR T's cost a dollar, I don't think any of these questions would have arisen. Thank you, Dr. Buck.